0: Oh, heading out for a little fun on the town, eh? I didn't know clones could have fun.
1: There's a lot you don't know about clones. No one knows.
0: Ooh, very mysterious, eh? I like a good mystery.
1: Yeah? You ever hear the one about the people engineered to kill? Engineered to kill their best friends, their leaders, and they don't even know it?
0: <laughs>
1: I'm a cab driver, pal. I hear stories like that all the time. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Butoh and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists! So step in and prepare for adventure, because it's time to
0: Send in the Clones! In this episode... Fives is able to secure a meeting with Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, but is quickly accused of attacking the Chancellor, leading him to run for his life through the busy cityscape of Coruscant. Will he be able to convince Anakin, Captain Rex, and his other clone brothers of the truth?
1: Hey, troops, it's your old buddy, Bucho, a Clone Wars rookie. On my first ever watch of the Clone Wars, and next to me in the dropship, a Clone Wars veteran on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the Palpatine to my Dooku.
0: It's your trusty pair, Robbie. Good soldiers follow orders. (laughs)
1: That is, that is one way to put it, Robbie. This is the first time I think I've made you a bad guy to my bad guy, but I felt appropriate for this episode, in which, unfortunately, the bad guys have a pretty good run of it. And, of course, the episode we're going to talk about is the 112th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, written by Katie Lucas, directed by Kyle Dunlevy. It's Season 6, Episode 4, Orders. So, Robbie... How about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about Orders before you rewatched it again this week?
0: The clones have their own bar. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Uh, I actually completely forgot about that. So I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. this. is pretty cool. But yeah, man, it's a rough one because it's frustrating to a point where you're just like... Man, you were almost there, and it's yeah. such a sad <laughs> yep. thing. But I mean, you—of course, you know that there's no way that he could have—he <laughs> could have succeeded. Sure. If you've seen episode three, you know what I mean. But it's heartbreaking. You know, it's sad to see one of our original guys.
1: Yeah, the last of the Domino Squad, the last Domino to fall.
0: Yeah, it's rough, man. It's a rough one.
1: And of course, we join our Hero Fives as the transport carrying him in Shark T and Evil Doctor Nala C. And the is taken from Fives and Tup, <laughs> it approaches Coruscant and for some ludicrous reason, Shakti is not watching over Fives and Nala Se, even though Shakti knows better than anyone how antagonistic their relationship has become. And that allows Nala Se to drug Fives. And in this moment, I'm trying to dive through my screen to smash that evil doctor into a puddle of white goop. What was Shark t even thinking, leaving Fives so vulnerable to that evil, evil Dr. Robbie? What a way to start an episode. So tense, so evil, so, like he just said, frustrating. And then, as if I couldn't be more disappointed in Shark t we get this other horrible scene of Fives being taken to Palpatine instead of the Jedi's, as Shark t was supposed to, which, of course, allows Palpatine to frame Fives as a madman, which leads to a thrilling chase scene in which Fives has to run from Shakti which is probably just as well to be honest because by now Shakti is doing Fives more harm than good it seems which makes it even more of a relief when we then see that Shakti is finally reporting to the Jedi Council and thank goodness Anakin is put on the case and we know that if anyone's going to have Fives back it's going to be Anakin and so the main note that I've got from this part is that for five seasons I've really enjoyed the Palpatine scenes I believe I've even used such words as delicious to describe how much fun it's been watching him play his 9D chess but over the course of this particular arc and reaching ahead in this episode as Arc Trooper Fives has undergone this continued prolonged torment due to Palpatine's machinations my feelings towards Palpatine have turned from enjoying him as a fun villain to outright hatred Robbie. <laughs> so I'm feeling the pull of the dark side Robbie. that's what he wants, that's what Palpatine does, he makes you hate him, and that's how you fall to the dark side Robbie. so I might need to be saved, I might need something to pull me back from the dark side, because man, I hate Palpatine now, and so this opening act is really well done, apart from that thing how shocked he all of a sudden seems dumb, you know, I don't know, apart from that it's really well done, but it's really tough to watch, And it might be difficult for me to forgive Katie Lucas and call Don Levy for putting me through it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where Palpatine, he's one of those characters that, like you said, some of his scenes are almost like delicious in his deviousness. But yeah, you just hate what happens to fives. And it was also one of those where, I guess, midway through the scene, I sort of realized, I was like, oh yeah, this is Tim Curry. Yes. This is in an, and it it actually made me go, "Yeah, he's settled in." Yep. And it feels natural again.
1: I agree with you 100%.
0: You know what I mean? Yep. So I really really enjoyed that part of it. But yes, man, it's one of those things where I don't even know. There's so many different movies and TV shows that have done stuff where you're just like why are characters acting stupid (laughs) yeah yeah, Uh, number one why is he on a gurney he's not injured
1: i guess because she's claiming he's dangerous right that's her whole thing in the previous episode he's inhibited chips been taken out now he's a threat
0: i just it's one of those where you just kind of shake your head and you go why is this even happening it just seems such a like you said a convenience of plot of of trying to move a story forward and you've well we've got to hinder him in some way well, let's have Shot T looking the other way. I mean, it just seems so... That's frustrating. Yeah, because it's... I feel like Fives deserves better than that. Sure. I feel like if you want to slow him down, if you want to make him, whatever, injure him, you know, or something, something that actually makes sense to his character, maybe even a little heroic, maybe, he pushes somebody I, I out. Don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what you could have done. I love the fact that Palpatine, as Fives, is running away it's something about the Jedi versus the Sith, right? The Sith never lie. So it's kind of funny because he's using the truth to drive somebody crazy. I don't know. I I just, uh, Shaq T man. Ah, it's frustrating. And it's sort of out of character. I don't know. It just, it bothers me
1: and the second act opens with fives uh, once again a fugitive this time in coruscant where we see him be really rude to an unfortunate Nimbanel taxi driver although you know understandably i mean we're on five side even when he's rude to this poor taxi driver and the taxi takes fives to a clone bar called 79s where the taxi driver doesn't only get ripped off by fives The poor guy also takes a whole bunch of abuse from some clone officers on the platform out front of the bar who hurl a bunch of bottles at his cab, so I was really feeling for this poor taxi driver here. But once inside the bar, Fives spies his old mates Kix and Jesse and manages to get Kix to send a message to Anakin with the coordinates of a spot on the lower levels where they can meet. And when Anakin and Rex arrive, Fives explains what he knows, but... While Anakin is supportive, he also remains somewhat skeptical, so the frustration is cranking up again. Although to be fair to Anakin, that may at least partially be because Fives has trapped Anakin and Rex inside a ray shield. So, you know, maybe he's, we know why he's done it, but also we sort of can't blame Anakin for not being as supportive as maybe we want him to be. Because Fives really is not acting like the Fives he knows in that moment. And unfortunately, Fives was also spotted by a pesky probe droid as he was leaving the bar earlier. So before long, Fives and Anakin and Rex are interrupted by a squad of troops led by Commander Fox, which is when Fives decides to try to arm himself with Rex's pistols, which leads to Fives being shot in the chest and dying in Rex's arms. And then... As if that's not terrible enough, we have to watch Palpatine sweep it all under the rug in front of the Jedi's. And then we have to watch him gloat with Dooku about how their plan to destroy the Jedi is still in full effect, Robbie. Man, what is Katie Lucas trying to do to us with this arc? It's tough. It's tough to watch. I mean, there are some really fun touches in these scenes. I really like the taxi driver. Jay Igno, his name is. And it's fun to see what a clone bar looks like, but... I almost couldn't enjoy those things like I normally enjoy Coruscant because it's all so tough to watch it's so tough to see fives go through all of this hell and to feel the sense of frustration and deeply tragic kind of hopelessness which is so heavy that it even manages to take all the fun out of visiting the serious side of Coruscant something which has been reliably fun for me throughout the entire run of the show so far and I think that maybe I could have enjoyed it more if it didn't feel like it, it had to really dumb Shakti down at various points in order to really twist the knife but it's one of those episodes where because of the reset at the end it kind of reminds me of how I was frustrated by the Mortis arc but this one at least leaves us with a little bit of hope and Star Wars if it's about anything it's about hope because Rex and Anakin well I mean We don't even get to look to Anakin for hope. What we can look to is Rex for hope that somehow what Fives told him there as he lay dying is going to make a difference to Rex. It's going to have a positive effect on Rex and hopefully some other clones. But aside from that, (laughs) this all found so hopeless, so frustrating. It's tough to watch, Robbie.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it is rough, but I feel like in a way it's necessary and I love the whole overarching idea that these characters that we've kind of grown to love watching this series are not necessarily responsible for Order 66, that it really comes down to Palpatine. Because I I just hate the idea that, as I said in the previous episode, or the episode before, whichever episode it was that I said this, that the idea that the clones just knew all along that they were going to betray the Jedi is just a terrible thing to 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 try to like how 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 do you hide that you know and how do you it makes a lot more sense to me
1: especially when there are clone bars right and clones getting drunk you know oh yeah surely one of them would talk about it if they consciously knew that this was a thing that was going to happen it would be impossible so this makes a lot more sense the story that the Clone Wars tells us makes a lot more sense than that sort of alternate version where the clones knew all along that at some point they were going to get the call for order 66 you know there's no way that wouldn't have got out
0: well yeah and it it almost makes you wish that somewhere in episode three you would have heard a clone say good soldiers follow orders you know right or something because it almost feels like a very very well done retcon one of the things that i loved about the prequels in general is this idea where it gives context where before you kind of see it in a certain way like the original trilogy you can see a lot of character motivations and and the way that characters react to things you see it from a certain point of view but then you're given a different one the real one you know in the prequels and then the clone wars and it i love it because it adds that context and it makes you see things in a different way which to me is is the best kind of storytelling is when it can you know, change your mind and make you oh my gosh! I didn't ever saw it that way. And that's that's very very cool. You know, I lo- and I love the way that that goes down. And I love the, I mean, just looking at my notes here, I love the fact that Coruscant is even more populated than we've ever seen it before. There's so many different characters on screen when he's kind of walking around before he gets in the cab. There's so many, and it's so cool to see. And then, <laughs> I mean, I, I you know me, I'm gonna go on the lighting, but man, 79s looks cool. And all of these different, I mean, they're all clones, but they're all acting differently. And they're, I don't know, it's just a lot of fun to see.
1: We get even more variations on the old facial tattoo idea.
0: Yeah, I just really, really enjoyed that. Because to me, it felt bigger. You know, it makes it feel like we're not just following, we're following the 501st, right? Sure. But it's kind of cool to hear, you know, references to the 212th, which is Commander Cody's guys. I mean, I just love it. I love all of it. I think it's just great stuff.
1: Well, speaking of great stuff, Robbie, we need to talk about our standout shots of the episode. What was your favorite shot from Orders?
0: For me, is I don't even know how to explain it because it's not even a... It's just the hole, <laughs> this big hole in yeah. Coruscant that he goes down. What I loved about it is that it almost looked like the surface of the Death Star in a way.
1: Different perspective on it, right?
0: Yeah, and I just really, really liked the way that that whole sequence played out. When you see him kind of flying up to it. And then he goes down. And he's going straight down. There's just something really, really cool about it. And kind of makes you, again, appreciate how large Coruscant really is. And how big this city planet is. I just really, really enjoyed that. The way that it looked. So, that's my shot.
1: Yeah, that hole to the lower depth is something that we've seen before. Generally, we associate it with Ahsoka. Or at least I associate it with a Ahsoka because... We saw her go down there with Plo Koon in an early episode, and then we saw her obviously take off down there when she was on the run. And it's just one of the cool, cool ideas, out of many cool ideas, that are built into this the kind of world-building side of how they portray Coruscant. And my shot of the episode is a sad shot. It's when Fives is dead, and it's it's a shot from above, and Mm. Rex is over the top of him, and Anakin on his knees with his hand on Rex's shoulder and the other eight clones of that squad are all standing around in a circle and they all have their helmets off their guns down by their sides and like I said my hope is that Five's death won't be in vain that it will at least have positive effects for some other clones especially Rex but you know there's this moment where commander fox takes his helmet off and you can see that he still feels a connection with fives even though he had to do what he had to do you know he had to do his duty and his duty in that moment was to shoot down fives he took no pleasure in doing it and he is feeling for his brother who's just been killed so that was my shot of the episode is a tough shot to see from a tough episode to watch and so before we bring this one in for landing robbie we need to sum up and give our ratings So after your third ever watch of orders, Robbie, how did you like it overall? And where does orders sit on that four-star, Robbie, scale?
0: Well, I mean, I have to agree with you that it is tough to watch. But I just, I really, really like this episode. Even though it starts off with some really frustrating, plot-driven baloney, I still have to give this a three and a half out of four. The overarching meaning behind this arc is to give that context. And I just really, really, really like it. But there is one thing that I want to ask about, and that is this final scene with Dooku and Sidious. It seems weird to me, because the previous scene is Palpatine telling the Jedi what they've found out about this parasite. So, why is this scene necessary? Like, I don't feel like it's necessary at all. It's weird that it ends this way, because I feel like, doesn't he already know what Dooku is telling him? Right. Or is it just simply to preserve this idea that Sidious and Palpatine are two different people? Because I feel like it's obvious, given all of these previous episodes and all this. If you're watching the Clone Wars, even if you're a kid, you know that Sidious and Palpatine are the same person. Episode three is—it's obvious that he's the same person. Sure, but it almost feels like it's done in a way to try to preserve that reveal later in canon when Episode three happens. So I, I was wanting to see what you thought about that because it, it feels t- completely unnecessary to me.
1: Yeah, I get where you're coming from, especially since in the Mandalore arc, it was blown wide open for anyone who hadn't picked up on it yet. You know, Palpatine tells Mazume to prepare my ship. And then right. a couple of scenes later, we see Sidious landing on Mandalore to go and face down Maul. So from that point on at least, it doesn't feel like the show is trying to hide from its audience that Sidious and Palpatine are the same person. So, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Why is Dooku reporting to Palpatine? Something that Palpatine already knows. I try not to use the word fan y too much, but maybe it's a bit of that, you know, it's just the...
0: Yeah, just so they can laugh. To
1: drive home, yeah, <laughs> to drive home the fact that the bad guys have won. I don't know. I get where you're coming from, though, I think. And... I've got to say, this one was, I mean, really tough to rate because there are a lot of really good things going on, but it's also the biggest bummer of an episode maybe in the entire show so far. It's definitely one of the top three bummer episodes. Uh, I mean, like I say, I've just got that thin sliver of hope that hopefully Rex is going to take something positive from and it, it's going to make a difference to him and maybe some of those other clones, maybe kicks. I mean, we'll have to wait until later to find out, and I've given it an 8 out of 10, and Usually I try and come up with some goofy rating, you know, 8-somethings out of 10, but the episode was so much of a bummer that I just didn't have it in me for this one. <laughs> so that is mission accomplished for Season 6, Episode 4, Orders. So, Robbie, will not you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels.
0: Sure. We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y.
1: Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 113th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 6, Episode 5, An Old Friend. And until then, this is your old buddy, show alongside your trusty pal, Robbie, and we salute Arc Trooper Fives, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to and Robbie at gmail.com.
0: The Force will be with you, always.